Galatians chapter 3. We're going to read verses 9 through 12 from the King James Version. The Bible says, So then they which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. For as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse. For it is written, Cursed is everyone that continueth not in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. But that no man is justified by the law. Here's our text for tonight. But that no man is justified by the law in the sight of the Almighty. It is evident for the just shall live by faith. And the law is not of faith. But the man that doeth them shall live in them. May Yahweh bless his word to our hearts today. Last month we spent some time developing the argument that Paul makes in Galatians 3 verse 10. Showing that being of the works of the law is a mindset about the law. It's an attitude about the law. An attitude that doing a few outward works makes you righteous before Yahweh. Such an attitude or mindset causes the curse of the law to remain, to come down and to remain on an individual. Before we move into verses 11 and 12 today, I'd like to do some review and kind of paint a picture of what I've been learning and I hope that you've been learning along the way as well. So after studying this epistle for over a year now, I believe that the central point of the book of Galatians is this. Paul was combating the false gospel of the Judaizers or the influencers that stated that a person was saved by their ethnicity. People believe that Galatians is a book that does away with the commandments. But Paul was not so much talking about the commandments or the law as he was the idea that the Judaizers had towards the Gentiles that unless they proselytized to Judaism and became a proselyte Judahite, they could not have salvation. Galatians is more about ethnicity than it is about the law of Yahweh. Now you won't get that from just picking up a Bible and cherry-picking a verse out of the book of Galatians. But if you take the time to study the background and perform proper Bible study methods on the book itself in the context and culture that it was written, this is what you will find. The Judaizers did not believe that an uncircumcised heathen could have salvation and equal status with Israel by faith in Yeshua. They taught that a Gentile had to also go through certain works of the law to gain ethnic Israeli status. Israeli is simply the Hebrew word for Israelite in the Old Testament. Only then could a Gentile be counted as righteous and saved, and the reason that they would look upon them, the Judaizers would look upon the Gentile as saved at that point, was only because they had proselytized to become a Judite. It wasn't so much that Paul was even talking about the law of circumcision per se, but the mindset and the attitude behind why the Judaizers wanted the Gentiles to become circumcised. So that false gospel, and it is a false gospel, salvation by ethnicity is a false gospel, and that false gospel takes the emphasis off of Yeshua and puts the emphasis on a person's own flesh. Now, in Acts chapter 2, we read that there were both Jews and proselytes there at the Feast of Pentecost, hearing the apostles speak of the wonderful works of the Almighty. The term Jews there refers to physical Israelites, 
People who were born into an Israelite family who observed the law of Yahweh. Men who had been circumcised at eight days old. Women who had been birthed to mothers in covenant Israel. The term proselytes refers to people from other nations or religions who had decided to convert to Judaism at a later time in their life, in their adulthood. Male proselytes would go through a ritual circumcision rite. And then they would partake in a baptism as a symbol of washing away the filth of their heathen status. We're not talking about baptism into Christ here, okay? But baptism into Judaism. And I believe that the reason, and this, there's no commandment about this particularly in the law, but I think that the reason that the Jewish people in the first century desired for the Gentiles to go through a mikvah or a baptism was because they felt that it was a symbol of washing off the filth of the Gentiles' heathenism. And so a lot of people taught in Judah that when the Gentile came up out of the water, they were no longer a Gentile, they were a full-fledged Jewish man or woman. Once ritually cleansed in the eyes of the Judahites, these male and female proselytes were considered full members of Israel. And this is why Peter says to the Jews and proselytes, if you continue reading in Acts 2, verse 22, he says, Ye men of Israel, hear these words. When he says, Ye men of Israel, he's talking not just to the Jews, but he's talking also to the proselytes. And that's because the proselytes were considered full righteous Israelites by proselytization. Not by ethnic status, but because they had proselyted. They had taken over and converted to the religion of Judaism. Now, becoming a proselyte did not secure one's salvation. And being a genetic Israelite did not secure a person's salvation either. We know this because we read in Acts chapter 2 that 3,000 from among the Jews and proselytes had to repent to Yahweh. They had to repent to Father Yahweh. It was Yahweh's law that they had broken And the specific law that they had broken, remember they're at the Feast of Pentecost, but the specific law that they had broken is the law in Deuteronomy 18, and they rejected the prophet likened unto Moses, Yeshua the Messiah, that Yahweh sent. So they had to repent of their sins and be baptized into the Messiah, confessing that Yeshua was the Messiah and the master of David. Among the 3,000 souls there that were saved on the day of Pentecost, there was not one single uncircumcised male. None of them were. They were all considered Israelite men. The proselytes were saved that day. They were not Israelites ethnically, but they were counted as Israel because of their conversion to Judaism. None of the people saved on that day of Pentecost were considered Gentiles, in Hebrew, goy or goyim, or in Greek, ethnos or ethne. None of them were considered heathens. They were all Torah observant, but they were not saved by any of that. They had to receive the one whom Yahweh had sent to save them from their sins. Now, Gentile salvation in the Messiah was revealed later in the book of Acts with a man named Cornelius of the Italian band. Through the preaching of, again, the apostle Peter, same preacher as in Acts 2, the very first Gentile, uncircumcised, non-proselyte received the gospel about Yeshua. And he received it by hearing with faith, not by the works of the law. And then he was baptized at the end of Acts 10, but he was not baptized into Judaism. That wasn't the baptism that Cornelius took upon himself. He was baptized into the Messiah. 
And he was saved from all of his sins and he received the gospel without going through the ritual conversion process to Judaism. This Gentile salvation continued in the later ministry of Paul, who's called the Apostle to the Gentiles. And as Acts 14.27 says, the Almighty had opened the door of faith to the Gentiles. Now, if the Almighty had to open the door of faith to the Gentiles, then that means the door was what prior to that? Closed. And when Paul and Barnabas came back and told it to the assembly, they rejoiced that the Almighty had opened the door of faith to the Gentiles, meaning uncircumcised non-proselytes. This is why I labored so much on Paul's argument for spiritual sons and daughters of Abraham. In Galatians 3, verses 6 through 9, any non-Judahite Israelite who places faith in the promised seed, singular, Yeshua the Messiah, the seed of Abraham, the son of Abraham, anybody that does that is a blessed spiritual child of Abraham and they're counted righteous by faith. Salvation is not determined by being a physical child of Abraham. Salvation is dependent upon being a spiritual child of Abraham. And Yeshua taught this in his ministry. I just mentioned it earlier when they told him, your mother is outside waiting for you. And he said, who is my mother and my brother and my sister? But those who do the will of my Father in heaven. Spiritual. You could be a physical relative of Yeshua, but if you didn't do the will of the Father, he said, you're not my brother. You're not my sister. You're not my mother. This is what Paul is teaching in Galatia. And some of the Judahites in the first century had gotten off track teaching salvation by ethnicity and proselytization instead of salvation by grace through faith, which was taught all through the whole Bible, not just the New Testament. Even Abraham was justified by faith while he was uncircumcised. And he wasn't circumcised until 14 years after he was counted righteous by faith from Genesis 15 to Genesis 17. So the salvation question is not, are you a Judahite? Have you converted to our faith, our religion, our practice? That's not the salvation question. Are you an Israelite? That's not the salvation question. The salvation question is this, do you believe in the Messiah, the Son of Almighty Yahweh? The Judaizers placed emphasis on the first question. They taught salvation by ethnicity rather than by faith. And so we come to verse 11 in chapter 3 where Paul writes, Now it is clear that no one is justified before the Almighty by the law because the righteous or the just will live by faith. I believe the reason that Paul sees this to be clear is because he's quoting from the Old Testament. When he says the righteous shall live by faith, Paul isn't making that up. He's quoting from the book of the prophet Habakkuk. Habakkuk chapter 2. Verses 1 through 4, and I've pulled this from the Septuagint because I believe that's what Paul pulls from mostly in the epistle to the Galatians when he quotes the Old Testament. He's quoting the Greek translation of the Old Testament, which is very old. It's the oldest Bible known to man, actually. The oldest full Old Testament Bible known to man is the Greek Septuagint. Habakkuk 2, 1 through 4 says this, I will stand on my watch, listen carefully, mounted upon the rock, And see what he shall say to me. Habakkuk is talking. Going to see what Yahweh is going to say to me. And what might I answer when I am reproved? And Yahweh answered me and said, Write the vision distinctly upon a tablet, that he who reads it may flee. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, and it will come up at the end, and it will not be in vain. If he should tarry, wait for him, for he will surely come and he will not tarry. If any man should shrink back, 
My soul will not be well pleased in him, but the righteous shall live by my faith. Now what you have here in Habakkuk 2 is a man who is trusting in the promise of Yahweh in spite of his surrounding circumstance. It appears that Yahweh is not around. It appears that Yahweh is delayed. But if you continue to trust in what Yahweh has promised, you are a man that lives by my faith, Yahweh says. The righteous man lives by the faith of Yahweh. I want you to take note that in Habakkuk 2, this is not a lawless man that's being described. Habakkuk was not a law breaker. Habakkuk was a law keeper. He was Torah observant. It's not a lawless man, but it is a faith-filled man. Habakkuk was not just a man of works. He was a man of faith that produced works. Faith without works is dead, and I believe that works apart from faith are dead as well. Habakkuk was a man whose obedience flowed out of the faith that existed in his heart. Faith comes first, obedience comes second. Catch this, brothers and sisters. Faith is the beginning component in a person's heart that leads to everything else. Anyone that you will ever meet in life who genuinely follows in the Messiah's footsteps does so because saving faith has been given to them. No man or woman is truly righteous unless they have the gift of faith living on the inside of them. And that gift of faith produces trust in Yahweh and it also produces faithful living based upon that trust. Faith is the beginning component in a person's heart that leads to everything else. Now, I believe that Paul uses the word law in Galatians 3.11 as shorthand for the works of the law that he just wrote about in verse 10. Remember, this is an epistle we're reading, not just a verse. When Paul says, Now it is clear that no one is justified before the Almighty by the law, Paul is not talking about doing good works in general or living faithfully. That's not what Paul is discussing. Paul is still referring to the few works of the law by which the Judaizers believed they were counted as righteous. The influencers believed that an outsider had to adhere to these particular works that the Judaizers held in high esteem in order to join their righteous or their saved group. And until they adhered to those works... The Judaizer said, you're not saved and you're not counted as righteous. I believe Paul means this in verse 11. This is what I think Paul means. Now it is clear that no one is justified before the Almighty by becoming a Judahite through proselytization. The Judaizers believed that a person was counted righteous before the Almighty by the works of the law that set them apart as a unique people. They trusted in a few outward works instead of the Messiah or on top of the Messiah. That's where their trust was. That was why they pushed or tried to force or compel Titus in Galatians 2 to be circumcised. Not because they wanted Titus to take on himself the sign of Abraham. No, no, no. They wanted him to do that in order to have salvation. Titus, you're not saved yet. Well, I've trusted in the Messiah. Yeah, but you have to do something else to be saved. See, it's a mindset. It's a theology. It's a false theology. It's a false gospel. At the same time, the Judaizers neglected the weightier matters of the law, things like justice, mercy, and faith. 
Those who are genuinely righteous are the ones who live their life based upon the faith that has been placed in their heart by Yahweh. They will live in the world to come because of that faith. Saving faith leads people to do good works. But the good works are done properly because they grow out of faith. They're done genuinely because faith is what is producing the work. It's not just an outward show. It's not just going through the motions. It's not just putting on a phylactery or wearing tassels so you can look holy. But good works flow out of faith. That's the only way that good works are done properly. That's the only way. A man or woman performs the works of the law. One who does that apart from faith is simply putting on a show. A few outward works without faith are nothing but dead works that will not save. This is not in my notes, but I was thinking today as I was going over my sermon for the last time about a friend of mine that I had in high school when I went to church. And he was probably a guy that a lot of people would call a rabble-rouser, a heathen, a hellion. I'm not saying I was any better than him. I did my rabble-rousing too and put my parents through hell in some ways as well. I've asked Yahweh to forgive me for that. I've repented of that. But people didn't really like this fella. But I remember he came to church one day and we had what was called an altar call. I can't find those in the Bible, by the way. So I don't necessarily do them here. I'm not against an invitation. But we had an altar call and we prayed with him and I prayed with him and he said that he wanted to be baptized and we baptized him. And he came back Sunday night for the Sunday night service and he was cleaned up. He had cut his hair. And he put him on some nice church clothes, as we say. And I remember that he came up to me and this other sister, older sister in the congregation, and he said, this is the new me. And I remember thinking, and I didn't know near as much then that I know now, but I remember thinking, I hope that my friend is genuine. Because brothers and sisters, just going up underwater and changing your haircut and your clothes does not save you. Salvation is from the inside out. And I can promise you that if you get it on the inside, you will not be able to stifle it on the outside. And that's why some people that you think might be saved eventually fall away. It's because it doesn't exist on the inside and therefore it's just an outward show. You kind of see what I'm saying? This is the same thing as the Judaizers. It's like if we lined up all the Conyers. We could line up everybody in Conyers and duck them underwater and have them say Yahweh. doesn't mean that they'll all be saved. Just the motions is not what saves. It's the saving faith in a person's heart. Let me see where I'm at in my notes now. That's verse 11. Look at verse 12. It's an odd verse if you don't study it in context and background. Paul writes this, but the law is not based on faith. More literally, he says the law is not of faith. Now let's stop there for a moment. Wait a second, Paul. The law is not of faith. Did you really write that? Well, yes, that's what he wrote. But what did Paul mean when he wrote that? What did he mean? Let's get into the mind of the first century Israelite man that wrote this. And let's understand what Paul meant. That statement does not make any sense when you take it as a one-liner by itself. This is a reason that some people decide, let's throw Paul out. One woman I talked to had ripped out Paul's epistles out of her Bible. 
They don't take the time to understand Paul's developed arguments. Paul was not a willy-nilly thinker. Paul wasn't a writer that just threw stuff out there and hoped that you grabbed it. He was a very learned, deep thinker, and he trained under the one, of, one of the most respected rabbis of his time, Rabbi Gamliel, Teacher Gamliel. Let me give you two reasons why Paul was not meaning that the law of Yahweh itself is not based on faith. I don't believe that's what Paul meant when he said the law is not based on faith. I do not believe that he's talking about the law of Yahweh itself. Let me share with you why. You can chew on it. You can take it home and study it. First is from Deuteronomy 32, the Song of Moses. The Song of Moses is a song of condemnation against stubborn, rebellious Israel. The Israelites had to learn the song so that they would be reminded of their stubbornness. It's not a flattering song at all to the Israelites if you read it. They wanted to be, Yahweh wanted them to be reminded of their stubbornness and what He would do to them when they rebelled. Deuteronomy 32, 19 through 20, in this song we read, When Yahweh saw this, He despised them, provoked to anger by His sons and daughters. He said, I will hide my face from them. I will see what will become of them. For they are a perverse generation. He's talking about Israelites here. They're a perverse generation unfaithful children. Now that last sentence literally reads, children in whom is no faith. So right here in the book of the covenant, we read that the reason that so many Israelites were rebellious to Yahweh in unrepentance is because there was no faith in them. Saving faith did not exist inside of them. This helps us see, brothers and sisters, that faith is the primary component of salvation In the Old Testament, it's not that the Old Testament saints were saved by the law or justified by the law. No, no, no. Everybody that's ever been justified has been justified by grace through faith. But a stubborn, rebellious Israelite, Yahweh says, they're children in whom is no faith. They don't have a new heart. They have a heart of stone. And so they don't serve Yahweh. No one in the Old Testament could keep the law properly apart from faith. That shows that a person had to be of faith to be obedient. So obedience to the law of Yahweh itself must be based on faith. The second reason that we know the law must be based on faith is from the mouth of Yeshua the Messiah. He says in Matthew 23, 23 that the Pharisees rejected the weighty, more important matters in the law... Justice, mercy, and faith. Faith is an important, weighty matter in the law. It's not a New Testament concept. It's not something that Paul came on the scene and introduced. Faith is a weighty matter in the law. This is what our Messiah says. And that's because without faith, you can't obey the law as it was intended to be obeyed. You can't. Hezekiah, we talked about, was a man of faith. Zechariah and Elizabeth that obeyed the law, they were a couple of faith. That's why they were so righteous. Because faith existed inside of them. It produced proper, genuine, righteous law-keeping. Faithful law-keeping. So what in the world does Paul mean when he writes, but the law is not based on faith, or that the law is not of faith? I'm going to tell you what Brother Matthew believes that he means in context. I believe, just like in verse 11, that the law here continues to be shorthand for the works of the law mentioned in verse 10. The contrast is still between being of faith, remember in Greek that is ek pistis, 
verses of the works of the law, ek ergon nomos. It's a contrast of faith of the works of the law, just like in verses 9 through 10. Remember, so then they which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. But as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse. The argument flows all the way from verse 6 down to verse 12. Paul is not talking about faithful obedience in Galatians 3.12. He's talking about the Judaizers' belief that a few outward works of the law is what justified them. It is what gave them their status as Judah, and therefore they were counted as righteous by those works of the law. That, brothers and sisters, mentality of the law is not based on faith. That is what I believe Paul is saying when he says the law is not based on faith. It's a continuous argument that he's making. You can go through the motions and not have the faith. This becomes even more clear when we look at where Paul quotes from in verse 12. He quotes from Leviticus 18 verse 5 where Yahweh says, Keep my statutes and ordinances. A person will live if he does them. That's where Paul quotes from there. Leviticus 18, if you study it, it's a chapter dealing with how a faithful person lives for Yahweh. The faithful person does not follow the practices of the heathen. He follows Yahweh's law and he lives. I think Leviticus 18, the man who does these things shall live, is the exact same thing that Habakkuk was saying is the righteous man lives by faith. I don't think it's two contrasting statements. I think it's one and the same thing. Habakkuk and Leviticus are both saying something positive. Versus just doing a few outward works that put you off or set you off as Judah and thinking that those works justify you. That's not based on faith. Paul is saying the same thing in two different ways in Galatians 3, 11 through 12. He is saying that no one is justified by the outward works of the law to distinguish a person as Judah. And that just doing the outward works of the law that distinguish a person as Judah is not of faith. The righteous ones are the ones who live by faith, Habakkuk 2. The man who does these things, how does he do them? By faith will live. Leviticus 18.5 Those are two positive statements from the Old Testament. Just being a circumcised Judahite who looks righteous will not save a person. You must have the faith that Father Abraham had in order to be saved. You can do the works and not have the faith. But if you really have the faith, you will produce genuine righteous works. In conclusion, anyone who is relying on anything other than Yahweh's promise of salvation, anyone who is trusting on anything else other than the seed of Abraham, Yeshua the Messiah, the promised seed, the Messiah, will not be saved. Many will strive to enter in by other ways, but they will never be able to enter they will be counted as a thief and a robber because they tried to get into the house through the window instead of the door. Normally, if we own the house, how do we get in? Through the door. If we have to go through the window, something ain't right. We done locked ourselves out. That's how the thief gets in. Many will try to go in through the window. They will try to trust in something else. They will try to trust in something that they do, but they will not be able to enter because they are not going through the door. Anyone who does not have the saving faith of Abraham in their heart will be condemned. No matter their genealogy, it does not matter. You can have impeccable bloodline and not have faith and you'll be lost 
and forever condemned to the lake of fire. Because saving faith doesn't exist in your heart. Doesn't matter your genealogy. Doesn't matter how holy a person looks on the outside. Justification does not come by those works of the law, but rather by faith which leads to faithfulness. Brothers and sisters, you can perform the works until the cows come home. But if those works aren't flowing out of faith, if they're just a show, they will come out on wash day. Yahweh will reveal them when the secrets of men's hearts are revealed. I'd like us to stand and join together as we close out in prayer tonight. And I'd like us to sing this hymn together. The law of Yah is good and wise and meditate upon it as we sing. Praise you, Father Yahweh. The law of Yah is good and wise and sets His will before our eyes. Shows us the way of righteousness and dooms to death when we transgress. Its light of holiness imparts the knowledge of our sinful hearts that we may see our lost estate and seek escape before too late to those who help in Christ have found and would in works of love abound. It shows what deeds are His delight and should be done as good and right. When men the offered help disdain and willfully in sin remain, it's terror in their ear resounds and keeps their wickedness in bounds. The law is good, but since the fall, its holiness condemns us all. It dooms us for our sin to die. And has no power to justify. Yeshua we for refuge flee. Who from the curse has set us free. And humbly worship at Yah's throne. Saved by His grace through faith alone. Heavenly Father I pray that you would deliver us from vain thinking. From thinking that just because we do a few works that that makes us saved. Father, remove any sense of pride in ourselves out from us. Give us hearts of faith. Give us minds that seek to do all of your will. Grant us the mind of your Son, our Messiah. Make us like your Son. Conform us to His image. May we always trust in your promise. May we not shrink back from believing that our salvation is found in the work that you have accomplished in and through your Son. Let it be so, Yahweh. Amen and amen. Yahweh bless you. Shalom.